Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now, here's Pastor Rafael. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, Tuning in once again to the Through the Zenith Verse stream we have as a special feature here of Spirit Watch Ministries is just an open conversation that we're hosting about all things Xenos. When we talk about them and and we're speaking specifically of the Xenos slash dwell movement of Columbus, Ohio, uh, that is uh, unfortunately had to uh, be part of our scrutiny over the past year and a half. And uh, after this uh, past eventful year and a half uh i've never looked at porches in columbus the same again in columbus i mean i just i just can't i drive into the town and i look at them i'm always constantly looking at what porches look like now in various parts of the city but uh and uh those of you who who understand uh you'll you get my reference those of you who don't uh i will say that that porches play a very big part of the social life of the xenos slash dwell movement and uh, it's on those porches where socialization and activity goes on, which are, are supposed to bind people together in a common cause and a common faith uh, as part of a, of a Christian organization in which actually a lot of what we're going to talk about that actually goes on. And we'll, we'll get a little more into that in just a moment here. But, um, but uh, life is rough, isn't it? I mean, that's, uh, I mean uh, we just had a little brief roundtable. Justin and I had a pretty awful days at work and uh i almost came home myself and just but uh, i hung in there and, and they were happy i did and so was i so was my pocketbook but uh but uh you know life is just like i said difficult there's all kinds of things going on all kinds of pressures all kinds of uh issues that people struggle with and and uh you know it, it's 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 bad enough when um you know people have to deal with the pressures of a, of a violent and unjust world all around around about them when they have relationships and families and and just the pressures of society injustice going on all around us and that's all before we even factor very silent and very hidden things uh, very hidden struggles with people that we call mental illness a mental illness uh, a great definition i'm going to read because i don't want to sit there and try to you know, pander on with it. Uh, it's it's a, a great definition. I've I've, I've read of what of what it is is that it, it describes it as the various conditions that affect a person's thinking, feeling, or mood, and it, it negatively impacts how they deal with interact with the world. Uh, it's 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 a real condition. It's a real part of the human condition. And it's never discussed enough. I think I think there's so much stigma. People don't want to don't want to ever be. Uh, fingered out as having a mental problem or a mental issue or a challenge uh so so really it's 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 really something that isn't spoken about because people really uh struggle with wanting to be known as that and but uh it's part of life uh, and it's part of of where of where people are it's part of what goes on uh, in the church in in society in america and um 
each person's going to have their own different experiences of that. And uh, even people with the same diagnosis, and there are so many of those. And, and these challenges of mental illness are, are, are just part of a lot of life for us, whether you live in a hut in a jungle in New Guinea or whether you live on a million-dollar penthouse on the Gold Coast of Chicago. Mental illness touches us all. According to statistics compiled on the website for the National Alliance of Mental Illness, uh, NAMI.org, you can look at 43.8 million adults experience this in a given year. They struggle with it. Uh, one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness every year. One in 20 experience serious mental illness each year. Uh, one in six U.S. youth aged 6 to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. And 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins by the age of 14. 75% by the age of 24. And suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 14. Now, the National Institute of Mental Health also provides an important qualification that should be remembered. That on top of all these multi-layered, all these multi-layers of misery that humanity is struggling with every day, so so hidden by our masks every day. There is a scourge of substance abuse. People trying to escape, trying to alleviate the pressures on them uh, from uh, the, the conditions they struggle with. It, it's whether it's by drugs or alcohol, it's suffered by 10 million of those 43 million people we spoke of. And it's, it's a reality that's that's very aware. It's, it's, it's everywhere, whether we're going to admit it or not now. So as I said, mental illness does go to church as well. Uh, people of faith struggle with these conditions, uh, and as well as those who, who don't. And uh, as a Christian minister for the past 40 years, I contested this. People with all kinds of personal challenges, which I immediately recognize are way beyond anything I can help them with, uh, typically are, are always around in, in, in many a counseling session I've gone into people. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, a therapist. I'm a biblical and a pastoral counselor. But I recognize when people come in who I, I believe are doing their very best to live for God and for others who are struggling with things that they just can't get a breather from. And that's and that's the tragedy of it. So so that's why we, we direct people to therapists. That's why we direct people to to, men, to mental health professionals who can help them with those things. And um, I will readily agree with you that there's a lot of misunderstanding in churches and faith communities about mental illness. But on the whole. Most of them generally agree that you know people struggling with these things should get help, and are, and are ready to understand that there's if there's things they can't do, then there's others who should be able to help. And uh, but there are some faith communities that kind of spiritualize the problem, and actually downplay and even dismiss it as well. And um, for them, mental illness really isn't an illness; uh, it's more the sign of a poor spiritual life. Uh, it's a lack of self-discipline or just plain old sin in their lives uh, that, that they need to combat with more religion, more involvement, uh, more self-denial, more uh, flagellation of themselves mentally and emotionally over their failings. To them, that's how you take care of mental illness. And then there are those in places like the cult world, that culture of cultures and world of worlds where cultic groups reigning over their followers' lives with absolute unquestioned authority, uh, find that they have this they have so much power over these people that they can create their own programs 
of dealing with the mentally ill and those who struggle with it. And they're aimed at driving, driving them into just simply deeper forms of involvement or deeper forms of, of self-chastisement and abasement, uh, and quite often at their own personal expense. And uh, the Xenos dwells spiritual industrial complex we've been talking about here uh, is one of those sort of places. It's uh, one of the greatest examples of them. And, and in our conversation tonight, we're going to hope to bring some perspective on how they exploit this human need for their own good and how it's damaged and destroyed a lot of people. And I know several of you have, have been on here, have been on our uh, our uh, our podcast, and you've shared quite personally how much of this has struggle has really impacted you. And, and you know, you can unpack at that as much as you want to, uh, but I'd like to, but, you know, I'm not encouraging you to, I, I don't want to re-trigger you, but just discussing this is, 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 a, is going to be a, an issue enough, but, but what I'd like you just speak to you just to have you guys speak to generally what, what you've seen. And, uh, and, um, and, and we've, we just understand that that so much that goes on in Xenos leads people to believe within it, that the problems are just theological. It's just, you don't believe right. You don't have the right belief system. So I think that's one of the things we want to talk about, how this group spiritualizes the entire sad condition of humanity that struggles with mental illness. And, so, and Joe, you've been in Xenos. Uh, I think you, you, you joined way, quite a few years before everybody else here did. And you've, you've been around it perhaps the longest in, in, in that sense. But um, I mean, a lot of you, but Colin and uh, Jessica, you guys are Zeno's babies. You've, <laughs> you were raised from the cradle. So you've seen perhaps a lot uh, that you've, uh, that you've seen and how the church handles or how it addresses this so uh is it is it really unfair to say that uh, xenos spiritualizes completely the mental health conditions and struggles people have yeah i would i would say that um well first off i'll just say that uh, i i joined xenos when i was a senior in high school and i stayed uh so that was 1988 and uh, i left in uh, 2005 uh, <clears throat> And during my time there early on, I was part of a small team that founded a substance abuse support group at Xenos. Uh, and at first we were, we focused on, you know, alcohol and drugs. Uh, but um, then uh, later on, I wasn't really part of this, but a, um, another group split off to help with uh, pornography addiction. Um, and so through that, I was sort of tangentially involved in the counseling movement at Xenos. And this started, there was actually a big split in Xenos over counseling in the early 90s. And literally half the church left over that. And um, so wow. I was kind of there. What's that? I said, wow. Why, why was yeah. there a split? I mean, well, that sounds, that's, that's pretty, pretty big. Why, why would a church split over counseling? I well, can see the color um, of the carpet or how we spend money or whether the, the, the pastor had an affair, but counseling? Yeah. Well, really, I, I, me. really, the purpose of me kind of giving this background is to, I'm not a, I'm not a mental health professional. I've been right. sort of a parent professional before, um, but I, you know, I don't have credentials to, uh, professional credentials to back up my opinion. Um, but with that said, I was able to observe firsthand a lot of the talk and that, um, you know, the philosophy behind the approach to counseling at Xenos. 
um, the split was pretty much over uh, at the time, you know, in the late 80s, there was a real powerful counseling movement movement in American Christendom that really, uh, you know, and part of it kind of went off the deep end a little. But, you know, at, at the basic, it was just looking inward, taking, you know, taking some time to look inward and heal you and get healed. Um, but at Xenos, you're taking a long, a lot of energy and time to look inward is kind of frowned upon. Um, so the split was because the elders didn't want that focus in the church. And so they pretty much disbanded the counseling staff, fired them all. I think all, all of them except for one. Wow. I mean, and I, I have some friends that were on staff and they, you know, they were saying that there was like almost no notice, uh, nothing to fall back on. It was just, hey, you don't work here anymore. And we kind of discourage people from getting counseling in Xenos, sort of. Um, wow. But in general, you know, at first, if you if you come into Xenos and you have a mental, you know, you're struggling with some sort of mental illness, um, you know, at first they're going to be kind of cool. They're going to be compassionate with you. But in their mind, they're going to be thinking, I can guide you out of this. I can fix you. Or I, I know how you can get fixed. And it yeah. is that it's, that it's that spiritualization of things that might maybe need more of a clinical approach, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, take, you know, I've struggled with depression, for example, and I would consider my depression to be sort of pseudo-clinical. Uh, I required um, pharmaceutical intervention, but it was short-term. You know, and some people, um, and it's okay, they need a, a more of a long-term intervention, and that's sort of where Xenos will get kind of cruel with people. Um, and the reason that they get cruel isn't because they want to be cruel, but it's because uh, once you sort of are viewed as not being productive, then you start to get written off. And it doesn't matter if that perception of unproductivity is because of a mental illness or something that you can't really help, uh, direct, you know, mm. self-will. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to get, if you're sad, if you're sad a lot, you know, people are going to be cool for a while, but eventually they're going to write you off. You know, they're not going to want to hang out with you. They're not going to invest in you. They're not going to, you're going to lose opportunities to, uh, for involvement. Um, and you're just going to start to feel like an outsider and it actually exacerbates your condition. Oh, so there's actually at that point, a decision was made in Xenos to no longer really consider what people personally go through. It's more just a, just an adoption of this really uh darwinian kind of uh philosophy hey just you know suck it suck it up buttercup i mean get with it get with yeah. the program uh um uh quit looking within i mean get get your mind off yourself uh and, yeah. and, start, and start reflecting well the the things you should be reflecting that's the happiness and joy by being in in xenos and that, that should be just just filling your soul with energy uh so basically, what they want you to just basically engage in a cosmic, incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm grasping for superlatives too much, but <laughs> they're wanting to just basically ignore yourself. Yeah, they so they'll a lot. Sometimes the counseling will just say, "Well, just immerse yourself in service, and you'll feel better." Uh, right. Which might you know, actually, you know, it might be true for some people. Like, if you don't have severe depression or severe whatever. Um, 
that actually could help, you know, just get out of your house and go do something, you know. But some people, you know, and I've been there, you need more help than that. It's not enough. You know, you need, I had to take antidepressants for a while. I had to go to counseling twice a week. Uh, I had to avoid certain situations that made me feel sad, you know. So, yeah. and it's that kind of, it's that, it's that situation where you might find yourself not getting the support you need. And, and in fact, yeah. the opposite, you know, you're going to get judgment. You're going to get, um, you're, you're going to be assessed as um, not being very spiritually mature or yeah. uh, willing yeah. to become spiritually mature. Right. Right. I just wanted to back to um, that split with the um, pastoral staff. Part of that included <clears throat> these two books which Dennis wrote essays in response to them, um, that they were being passed around uh, about spiritual abuse mm -hmm. and some of the counseling department um, identified that there were situations where Xenos was behaving the way that these books were describing as spiritual abuse. And yeah. Um, so I think and these books these books were written back in the early nineties. Yeah. I remember them because I have the same two books on my shelf. I could go up there and grab them up for myself too. But but those books were talking about one was called Toxic Faith, one was called the Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse. They're both written by by Christian uh, 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 clinicians. I think they were. I think uh, Toxic Faith was a. I think he was a doctor. Uh, psychiatrist. Anyway, but there were men who were their counselors who were involved with with people who were struggling with toxic faith. I mean, I mean, spiritually damaging things. And, and it was at that point, Jessica. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but at that point, those those two books were really important, and they helped bring a lot of light and shed upon a light upon on how churches and how people can be involved in abuse of aggression. But uh, that kind of I guess stepped on toes too much, didn't it? Stepped on Dennis's toes. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that it's interesting in the history of the church that they, they use this, you know, it's just a few people that are upset or a few people that have had issues. Um, but this has been something that has been an issue throughout the entire church's history. And right. so they may be able to get away with that excuse to someone who's new to the college group and is hearing things and they're like able to, they don't know the history of the church, um, but this is not something new that they have been called to task about and they just refuse to change. And it's a top-down systemic problem because right. even if they have the best intentions, you can't function in the system that they've created where you need to constantly be bringing people in and you need to constantly be producing. And if you have any type of mental illness where you're not able to be a cog in the machine for a period of time, they run out of any patience for you. And Dennis has coined the phrase that people are toxic waste if they're not being involved actively in growing the church and evangelism mm -hmm. um specifically so 
even if they have good intentions, it's you just can't function in that environment. Um, and so you can't pro provide good care or support when you're not producing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and Colin, Jessica, you guys, uh, Megan. I don't think you 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 joined the church. You weren't raised in it, right? Right. Yes. Okay. But uh, but you you certainly have had your own share of, of issues related to that. But but I was curious, since we know and understand that this is a this this has been a systemic thing. This stems back to the the the, the, the tensions within the church as it developed in the 70s and 80s and, and trying to understand where it was going to come down and whether it was going to actually reach out and, and help people or just tow its 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 mechanistic line of just replicating itself. Okay, you either have a spiritual factory or a spiritual hospital. And I, th and I think, of course, now we're, we, we see where they've gone. They've strictly gone, look, look, look at the church as just this factory. We're stamping out clones of one another, and and people, if there's any defects in them, uh, like things like like depression or or obsessive compulsive disorders, or, or or anything like that, well, that's 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 not good. We need, it needs to go back to quality control, and then that quality control will, will round it off. And if it's if it's flawed enough, they'll just get rid of it. I mean, that's to me how I see it. And I guess I'm asking, calling you and Jessica. Maybe you guys can talk. to Maybe you've seen elements of that as you grew up. How they were, how they were already identifying how to get people uh, properly uh, uh, classified as to whether or not they're going to go far or not in Xenos or not, and how that how that be, was part of Xenos's indoctrination all through its through its time. Can you guys speak to that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I know that for myself, um, when I was going through like middle school group and. Um, transitioning into high school group like all of the of middle school group um i was constantly told oh you're like this person oh like you're you're gonna grow up to be like this person i see this person in you and there's always like the super spiritual influential person that had a lot of like i guess stake in the game and a lot of people respected them and so it was you were constantly getting sized up to be like oh you're the next um dennis mccallum you're the next brett you know you're the next Josh Benham, whoever it is, you know, you're constantly really? being told. Yeah, you're, that's what I was told when I, for a long time. I don't know if any of you guys know this person, but I was told that I was going to be the next Mark Johnson, who was this man that was very well liked and very charismatic. And so everybody was like, oh, yes, you're the next him. And so then you, you would hear that for like myself, but then other people would be told, like, you know, like, I don't know what we can see you being as in this church later. So we need to like kind of help mold and shape you to grow you into somebody who you want to be like. So it was like, if they didn't have somebody already picked out for you that they wanted you to grow up to be, they kind of helped lead you to what they thought you would be good at. And so it was like, a, you were always a work in progress unless they already had you pinned as someone that they wanted you to be. Right. They use like starting in middle school, but I'm sure all of us at some point have taken that taken this several times in the course of our uh, time in the church, but they start with the temperament tests and the gifting, your spiritual gifting tests. But, yep. you know, if you're a phlegmatic, you're coined as lazy and, 
and you're they categorize people in that way um, and what your giftings are and they in function you know value certain personality types more um, and giftings more right absolutely and people with struggles uh it, with, with 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 mental illness people with emotional problems people victims of trauma uh, they're going to be probably in some level of of um classification like i said which they simply aren't going to uh they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna let go they're not going to deviate from it everybody's going to be a, a, a an x or a y or a z and i would imagine people who struggle with these, with their problems, uh, usually end up classified as one thing, as just as as a Z. So because they don't measure up to the kind of emotional bubbliness or or things of that nature, and uh, that's something that uh, it's interesting always to hear about how this, like I said, this, this this giant spiritual factory is classifying people, and and everybody's you know, the Bible speaks of, of those who make merchandise of you. I mean, to me, that's like wow, that's just that's incredible, but it, it makes it, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate objectification of people, which you're made property. You're made uh, objects and, 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 and you're, if you struggle, uh, well, you, we, we can take care of that by just praying more, giving more, doing more. And, uh, and, and lay, so lay counseling then is elevated to us to basically a superior status over professional counseling, isn't it? I mean, I tell you, the people, the, the culture at Xenos is obsessed with assessing other people and how, how their spiritual, how their spiritual program or walk or whatever is, is going. And, uh, unfortunately right. they lean heavily on their own understanding <laughs> to make those assessments and they're unwavering. Right. Uh, and you know, whenever you lean on human understanding to try to assess somebody else's spirituality, you're going to end up, especially if there's like unwavering in that opinion, you're going to end up hurting people. And that's you know, there's no room for mental illness. Like, what? What? If, but what, oh, you're not you're not evangelizing. You're you must. It's a spiritual deficit. That's why you're not evangelizing. Right. What you eat, you eat too much? You wait. You uh, you're bulimic. You you know you purge. You're or you. Yeah, it's because there's a spiritual deficit in your life. It's not because you have right. an emotional damage that needs to be addressed. And this is all handled by the church's counseling, right? I mean, if you're in if you're in the close one anothering that they say you do in, in, in church groups, you get involved with people, at least 10 or 12 people pour into your life, you pour into theirs, and ultimately you're all, you're all told to, to basically uh, conform to a single personality type. At expense of your own, regardless of what you're mm -hmm. showing. And if and if you're and if you're clinically depressed, if you're taking uh, medications to kind of deal with things. If you struggle some crushing uh, blow to your life, if, if you've been sexually abused and you're struggling with that, and, I mean, people, all kinds of people come into Xenos or like in any other place with issues, with struggles, and it's it's how these struggles are handled that really makes the difference here. And, uh, it, it, and as I said, uh, it sounds like those, those sort of diseases 
the physiological diseases with the chemical buzz, they're basically dismissed, right? It's, it, they're, they're just, they're viewed again as, as, as you failing uh, to comply with, with a mandate, a directive of some sort. I mean, really, that's what it sounds like. That's what's going on in Xenos. It's Isn't that unfair? Just as said, you know, if you're not a good cog, then you're not a good xenoid. Yeah. Yeah. Completely, completely based on their assessment of your performance in that church. Right. So uh, professional counseling really doesn't really have much room there, does it? Since Xenos has all the answers, right? That's right. Yes and yeah. no. Like by the time I was in Xenos, um, for like I think they had changed their stance. And so if people had huh, any sort of like serious mental illness, they did recommend that you go seek professional help and seek a counselor. And I know part of the like ministry house rules that you signed that if you had medication you were supposed to take, including any medication for mental illness, you were committing, I will take the medication as I'm prescribed, you know, to be like a healthy functioning person. And I, I do think that, I think that focus in a large part had to deal with the, you know, being a cog in the wheel and being productive. Because if you are, you know, if you are prescribed uh, this type of medication, then if you're not taking it, you're obviously not going to be a great worker in Xenos. Um, right. I do think, though, that their advice to actually seek professional counseling was just lip service. And I think it was in response to them receiving flack for um mental health issues, suicide, et cetera. And so I know when I went into a deep depression while in Xenos and I was having, you know, panic attack every day and, um, and I had sin issues in my life as well. And so then I, you know, started having those, you know, conversations before I was uh, disciplined out and I was, encouraged in a sense, yes, you should seek out professional counseling when I was sharing how depressed I was. And so as soon as that was said to me, I, you know, I was working on it. So I started out going to the Title IX office at OSU because of some of the uh, kind of like sexual abuse I went through and was, was struggling with. And then from there to the OSU counseling office. And then from there trying to figure out okay, you know, I was on Medicaid trying to figure out, okay, where can I get counseling that Medicaid covers? Um, and so then getting to a, an actual, you know, mental health like facility and then getting placed with an actual counselor. They kicked me out of the church before I could even get counseling. And I started the process right away, but it's not a quick process to get a counselor and to work through all of the insurance issues that we know um, in this country. And, you know, I didn't yeah. have enough money to pay out of pocket for someone. So I had to get a counselor that met my insurance. But I think if they really cared and really meant it, and I was very transparent and open, I was seeking counseling. But my first counseling appointment happened 
after I was excommunicated. And so it was just lip service that they recommended professional counseling because they weren't willing to wait for me to actually get help because I was not a productive <laughs> member at that point. I was uh, pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So again, it just comes down to where where do you stand in terms of production? Again, you're part of a of a of a, of a product line. You're the, you're, the, you're the shine Xenos's uh, star there at, at, at all costs. I mean, making your testimonies that you almost, you, I mean, you literally almost burned yourself out. Almost, you almost literally fell apart trying to work and come back and be so involved. And, and every one of you have that, have, have, have experienced that. You've, you've understand that, that the pressure is on for you to, for you to look and play the good Christian person, regardless of what's going on in your life. Regardless whether your marriage is going south, regardless whether or not uh, you feel like you can get out of bed in the day, you're, you're meant to put the face on and and again move on and look like uh, like you're uh, this, the overcomer that they say you are, simply because you're in Xenos. Uh, at the same time, knowing that you're going to be walking on eggshells if you show any sign of personal struggle. I mean, uh, that, that's that's. That to me is is not a, a responsible um, responsible way for people to, to be treated, and that's saying it very lightly. That's really no way anyone should be treated in, in a church because they struggle with mental illness or or, or, or struggles. But that's the the reality in Xenos. Yes, they've 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 responded as you said, Megan. But uh, but it is lip service, it really is. Every one of you have have shared your stories. It's that 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 is exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can. They just kick you out. They don't like I'm sure point to position papers about how they put people to get professional help. But I think I'm case in point example that they don't actually mean it. Yeah, that as Megan, right. like Megan was saying, there's there's a number of things, not just counseling, but where they know what the right thing to say is. You know, they know what to say publicly. And they even mm-hmm. even like teach it from the pulpit, but in practice, then you'll see them diverge from those principles. Right. It's in the right. it's in the the you know the conference rooms and the ministry house living rooms where they confront people that this right. you know. Expressed. But you know, I you mentioned suicide, and I'm just curious with the rest of the folks here. Has anyone here? Uh, do you know somebody? Who was involved in Xenos and attempted suicide? Yes. Yeah. Is it like everybody? Or just some of us. Is it one of one of my best friends that checked and checked herself into a hospital um, because she was having suicidal tendencies. It was actually one of the reasons why she got kicked out. <laughs> Did, so, were any of you were any of your these attempts successful? Yeah. Yes. I I can't say that I know anybody that was successful, but I, I've not really been in contact with a lot of people since uh, my I was gone. Yeah. I've been here. successful. Like they died. followed through on their suicidal attempts. They, yeah, they yes. died. Okay. That's what okay. I mean. I've just I've been curious about this how prevalent it is because I've had had three housemates. Two of them successfully killed themselves. 
And the other one tried twice within a week, and luckily, I don't even remember exactly how, but we got him into a hospital, and he got it. He got the help he needed. Yeah. Uh, but there was a lot of conflict in leadership over that particular person. I got I got chewed out by elder for the way it went down. But I just think that you know you put your, a person in this situation because at, when you're in Xenos, you're taught that. If you're not productive and if you're not victorious, then it's because of a spiritual deficit that you have control over ultimately. And so you get people in there that aren't able to self heal, you know, which is, I can't emphasize enough that that's not terribly abnormal. No, but they can't self heal and they're in an environment where they're being told that you need to, you know, it's going to eventually lead to suicidal thoughts and maybe action. Oh, yeah. And, and suicide is indeed and it's something we're going to be talking in our next, uh, our next, uh, a little more extensively in our, in our next Xenon's verse. But suicide indeed is is the ultimate and most tragic reality that people come up with. And for a church to heap the kind of scorn it does upon people that drives them to that, people who they know are struggling. I mean, look at it. I mean, you guys. Are, without without a doubt, I have to believe, but you can tell me, with all the people that you knew that were that had suicidal ideation, or or, or actually uh, committed it, were these people that you could say were struggling with deep personal issues that could have been mental illness or just part of their own their own personal traumas? Uh, how many were struggling with that long before the ideation and everything else went down? The Myron still is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the three people that I knew um well, there were more, but these are I mean, these were like housemates. These were really good friends. Um uh, two of them did indeed have clinical uh mental illness, like obvious, undeniable. Clinical mental illness. The the other one, um, I don't think it was. I think it was more of a struggled with a kind of sin that is really sh uh, associated with a lot of shame in Xenos. Yeah. And um, I think that it was a shame-driven decision. Yeah. And he was he was one of the guys that 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 was successful in his attempt. Uh, and that's, that's I mean, that just totally avoidable. And I think I think. Oh, the major contributing factor was the shame that he was he experienced. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, and, and that's what kills me. Why? 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 Why is this church that's so big on the Bible, theology, you know, intimate living together? Where is the grace? Where is the understanding that that the Bible, when the Bible speaks of bearing with one another, it means exactly what it says. You bear with you cover you carry someone's struggles with you. You bring you bear them along with you in your life. You live together and you care for them. That's just absent from Xenos. Uh, unless you can put a, a happy face on it and make everybody feel like you're you're productive. But that's that to me is 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 how you're able to escape. But as but as you all know, that 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 that's gonna cost somebody somewhere something. And uh, and that and that and that church control that they magnify in the counseling sessions uh, at the expense of their struggle, 
at the expense of what they're. I mean, that's that to me is 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 uh, endemic in places like Xenos, and it's something that, that they'll never admit to. I also think that just by being involved in Xenos, that you can develop those feelings of depression or anxiety or right. suicidal ideations, even if you're the healthiest person in the world and you have the best coping skills already, because the system itself, you know, you're always in meetings, you have no time to sleep. I mean, James Rochford has a teaching where he says, you can sleep when your dad is uh, that, that, so what if you're tired? Keep pushing because you could be dead tomorrow and, and we're soldiers here on earth fighting a spiritual battle. And it's like, it just this crazy intensity. And if you're just exhausted, you there's no time to stop, let alone if you have any predisposition to it any clinical uh, depression or anxiety. Yeah, yeah. You're living the in this traumatic of, abuse. The lack of sleep is a, is a huge thing, you know, and it's something where I, you know, had clinical mental illness before, you know, I joined Xenos, um, you know, kind of ebbed and flowed how strong it was at different times in my life. But the lack of sleep just makes it worse. And so, yes, even for someone without any sort of official diagnosis <laughs> from doctors or whoever, um, it was so difficult. And I just remember the, the, the simple issue of getting enough sleep to be a physically healthy individual was not really allowed if you were going to be viewed well, at least in the college group, um, it got that people were more accepting of normal bedtime adult group, but um, college group. I just know at one point my work shift started at 7 a.m. and you know I'm staying up past midnight every night do with ministry stuff, and I just you know end of week would just sometimes just collapse on the ground because my body was so exhausted. And I remember mentioning to people that I thought I should get more sleep. And two individuals, um, different individuals, different times I had this conversation, both responded with the same line of how I was one of the best evangelists in the group and I was doing God's work. And don't I believe that if I prayed to God and asked him to give me rest so I continue doing his ministry, don't I believe that God would honor that? So, and granted, and I, I didn't believe that because, you know, I believe that God created us in a certain way and our, we function a certain way. You know, if you don't study for a test, don't pray, God, please let me get an A on this. God's going to be like, <laughs> study. That's your own consequence, you know, like, or get some sleep. Like, that's how I made you like for rest. You know, God's all about rest. Like it's pretty clear. Right. Yeah. But um, it was clear that if I started going to bed at a time such that I could get a full night's sleep with my 7 a.m. shift, that it would mean I wasn't taking my walk with God seriously. People would look down on me. 
And oh man, I did not want people to look down on my walk with God because I mean, that's, that's everything, you know, like the opinion people have of you there. Um, and so I continued with that and not getting enough sleep and, uh, you know, I don't know how much that contributed to when I really went downhill, but it's not a good environment for anyone's mental health, regardless where you're coming from. Right. Right. It's quite obvious. I mean, after a year of listening to all that I've heard, I mean, my, I mean, my own heart just breaks. And I gotta be careful. I, I I would just start crying right now at this point. I'm just so absolutely hor horrified at how many people report the same thing you're saying. You know, everyone at Xenos can deny and deflect and ignore the plain things coming out from people such as yourself who are telling you that their system's broken, that they've lost sight of where they really should be. That they've really have become uh, the, the hirelings and, and false shepherds scripture speaks of. Uh, they become very cruel and different people who know how to manipulate and, and uh, exploit people at their, at their weakest points, at their most idealistic points. And they know how to do it. They've been doing it so well. And Dennis McCallum has been the mastermind. He's been the master, the master pastor. Uh, behind mm -hmm. all of this, uh, I mean, he can call himself a pastor. I, I surely wouldn't. Uh, depends on how you define that. But in any case, I'm here to run it down on that. But the point is, there, there's a single, there's a single value system. There's a single uh, a level of achievement that's accepted in Zenos, and it's and it's whatever it is they they determine is the best at the time. And those who struggle with with issues that keep them from interacting with others, which keep them uh, uh, petrified, full of fear or exhaustion, or those who may have psychoses or, or neuroses, those who struggle with this, this spills over into their lives. And this is exactly what, what, what keeps them from being the kind of poster child that uh, is expected them to be uh, in Xenos. And all of you know what, what that's like. Uh, and, and that aftermath of this spiritualized care is like you said, it's, it's just, it's just contributed to more depression, more breakdowns, uh, domestic violence. Uh, I mean, suicide, it's going on all the time. And yet it, ultimately Xenos just, just, just is able to, to easily say, well, the, we, well, we tell people to go get help. Yeah. And then you, and then once they're helped, they come right back in and get sucked into a meat grinder. Yeah. Over, uh, um, go ahead. Sorry, no, I'm just thinking that, that they say things all the time. Like, like how many times have we heard you know the sermon of oh God doesn't want you know mindless robots. He wants everybody you know to fill these you know these roles and he wants individuals to come to him and and you know or, or follow him because they want to. And yet then the practice is you all have to fit into this hole i don't care what you know if you're a square or a triangle peg or whatever you got to fit in this round hole <laughs> and for those of us who don't fit in that hole it you know especially when we already have problems it, it really doesn't put us in a mental mind state it, you, we just feel like failures all the time because we don't fit in the hole right <laughs> right right it's a mold 
Yeah. And, and that's what all cults want. They want clones of one another. Clones of one another. And they, and they try to make you think that, no, this is your choice. No, no, no. You're, 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 you know, I, I, I can't even find words for this now. This is why I write things and don't speak. But, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> they, uh, they try to make it seem like you're fitting their their you're fitting their mold because that's what you want but all the time they're trying to push you into it or they're they're laying out a curriculum that you need to follow and you say hey I want to do this no no you can't do that because you need to be doing you know this over here it's like maybe you have a, a mission well god's not calling you to that mission he's calling you to this over here you need to go into leadership well, I don't want to go into leadership. I want to, you know, go help people who are struggling with, with their faith, or I want to, you know, go volunteer at the soup kitchen or start a soup kitchen, or I want to go, you know, I, there's an elderly couple down the street and I want to go mow their lawn for them because they're nice to me. Well, no, no, God's not calling you to do that. Right. Well, maybe right. that's your actual gift, but no, no, you got to go take LTC classes because, you know, you have to pay for those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Jessica, you 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 said something at the uh, in our in our chats right before we got together. I don't know if you have if you have have a hand on that book, but there is a there's a classic line delivered. I guess I guess this is in a, in a Xenos publication. I think it was, in which uh, in which it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great illustration of how Xenos minimizes. And distorts and skews the perception of people's struggles with mental illness and people's struggles just generally in life. I was wondering if you got your hands on that, whether you could read that or not, or something you could get easily or not. I, I don't have it. Um, okay. It's from, they recommend, they have four books that they recommend on depression. Um, and this book is called Happiness is a Choice, which I think the title itself is annoying um <laughs> yeah. it is but there's a there's a whole section in it where they talk about um how depression is satanic attack and god wants right. us to bring forth our confess our sins and then our depression will be lifted um and then they talk about the woman who um is getting beaten up by her husband twice a week. Yeah, I, yeah, I found it. I'm gonna read okay. this. This is really good because it does. So this is. Do you know who wrote the book? Uh, um, it's a no. Okay, but it's it's a book that they refer to frequently and a lot of because it seems to echo their sentiments. And so let me just read this. Uh, on the other hand, in some cases, when a when a battered wife comes seeking advice and consolation because her husband beats her up twice a week. Wow. That's, that's uh, something to say right there. Uh, we have to wonder if there's a possibility that she has a passive aggressive personality and maybe subconsciously provoking his explosive behavior. I mean, it's, it's, it's classic dodge of, uh, for for domestic abuse, blame the victim. It's the victim's problem. They, they, it's it's their issue. If they if, if if she was just nicer to him, he wouldn't be beating her up. 
it's that kind of warped logic that goes on in, in Zenos re- regarding personal problems, regarding and regarding mental health. Well, well, you you said you hear voices at night when you sleep, and you hear voices. Well, you know, if, if you're reading the Bible more, uh, you wouldn't hear those voices, right? I mean, there's all kinds of of, of of advice they give people struggling, and it's all verbal. Like you said, none of this is written down. This is all entirely a verbal tra- a tradition within Xenos that perpetuates all this horrific violence and abuse. Uh, and, and this is one of the things we're going to be talking about in a couple of weeks here on a Xenos stream. We'll be dis- discussing the, the, the verbal traditions of Xenos and how that's really where a lot of this trouble comes from. But uh, but that's a classic dodge. That's, that's a classic issue of, of how you can blame people for their problems. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's all theology. Uh, in the, in, a, in a, it's it's and it's, if you're not following the right theology, if you're not thinking right, you're not believing right, you've got problems. Right? I mean, uh, that's what it sounds like to me. So. This is a book that is a Xenos book that they have a class on um, and it's taught and this book was written by uh, Elder John Ross's mother-in-law and she teaches um, as a deacon, she teaches a class on this book. It's called Not So Great Expectations and it's probably the worst book I've ever read in my life. Um, But she talks frequently about basically the root of everything is that we shouldn't have had any expectations. If your husband cheats on you, why did you expect that he wouldn't have sin, his sin nature wouldn't possibly come out? If you're upset by it, it's because you weren't leaning on God. You shouldn't have had those expectations. Um, she even has a thing in here about uh, pastors who molest children. If you're upset about that, it's because you have not so great expectations. And it's so it's that same subtext that if if I'm somebody who is struggling and I'm going to their resources, these are the things that are being fed to me. That if I just tried harder, if I was just a better Christian, if I I fit their mold better, um, that I would be healed. Right. And when I don't say that specifically, that that's the subtext. Right. If you only work harder to just put that behind you and, 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 and real understand, you know, this is a war we're in and, and you're and you're and you're one of the foot soldiers of the Lord and you need to stop floating around with all the things that Satan's throwing at you to uh <laughs> to, to admit that you might have a, an actual personal problem. It's just insane uh, how much pressure they put on you. I mean, have you ever seen a cate of a cate of a, a cate, a crate of, of 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 rats put together? You squeeze enough rats in a cage, they're gonna start fighting and biting each other, biting each other, fighting because they want room. They need their they need their little personal little bubbles. But when you get people in a situation like Xenos, that doesn't happen. You don't have privacy. You don't have time. You don't have rest. You don't have you don't have the ability to step back and just unplug. You're constantly on the go, and this is part of it. This 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 this, uh, this uh, issue that this person that you're talking about cites. Man, that's the. It's just it's all it's all again. It gets back to what we're saying. Your struggle is part of a poor spiritual life. Wow, unbelievable.
So uh, where do you go with that? Except to say that, that this is a place, this church is a place that's that's committed to perpetuating it, right? It's per- committed to perpetuating this kind of struggle, this kind of issue. And doesn't and, and the leaders don't even seem to even really care. They don't even seem to really understand. Uh, it's very obvious they don't. I'm, I'm going to play one of your clips here. I hope that this picks up. But, uh, but this was by Kate Mazel. To lead are there to help equip the saints. So how do we help facilitate this? One is by being goal-focused, right? You're basically here trying to establish some sort of goals, right? We have an aim that we're shooting for. Do you set goals with your house? right? Goals that you want to see from the individuals or from the house. And I think especially as a house leader, one of the ways that we can help set goals is by helping to create some tension here with people, right? Create tension by giving people a vision of what this house could look like or what they could be like and kind of stirring up some discontent with the way things are. Not in a negative way, but being like, man, things could be this much better. Don't you want that? Wow. You can't rest. You can't ever be, you can't ever really understand that, you know, look, we were perfect, imperfect, but man, uh, we're not so bad. Uh, There's there's never an an opportunity to step and take a moment back and breathe. It's just a constant pressure to do more and perform more. That's, that's to me is, is, that's, that's, as from Kate Mazel, who was one of the people I spoke with a year ago, who, who just who just swore up and down, she just had never heard of anything about uh, of the kind of abuses of women that 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 we were reporting to her about uh, about women uh, being uh, horribly treated and 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 terribly punished. She said, "Well, I, I'm a woman. I, that would offend me if I heard people." you know, talking like that around me. I would definitely do something about it. But it's quite obvious she likes the tension that, that she that she can put on people, which would lead people to talk that way. I mean, yeah, I mean the thing, Raphael you're saying like that rest is sort of frowned upon in Xenos. And they they will say that they'll deny that and they'll they could even pull out you know, a tape or a C, whatever CD, whatever the media they're using now, uh, of a teaching where they're talking about the importance of rest, spiritual rest. Um, but if you actually took the time to rest in Xenos, you'll get talked to. You know, if you're if you're Megan and you have to get up early and you want to go to bed at a reasonable hour, you're going to eventually you'll get talked to. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the one time that you can find people resting. And that's any time that there is a simple teaching. You look look up pictures of somebody, you know, Risley up there doing a teaching with his arms out or whatever, and you will look at the audit in the, the congregation and half the people are asleep. It's the only <laughs> time you can get a nap in <laughs> is when they're giving their teachings where they say when they everything that they say they teach, nobody hears it because they're all asleep. So everything that they say, well, we don't teach that are the things we're getting orally in our small groups. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine why why that would happen. I'm sure that teaching and preaching is. I'm sure they're stellar orators, 
but uh, <laughs> well, maybe they aren't. I don't know. I, I I don't get to. I haven't heard enough of them to really really thrill me. But uh, but again, I'm not. Here, I don't listen to people to be thrilled. I listen to people here to hear content and substance. And and frankly, the substance we hear that we've played clips from, and we can keep playing all these other more clips we have. It shows just what their substance really is. It's about driving people to extremes. That's what it seems to be. That's what Xenos is built upon. It's built upon this tension that they want you to uh, actually experience. How it, they just feel it's right for you. It's right for people to feel tension. It's right for those struggling with mental illness to actually have to go along and deal with it. And I'm going to play one more. That's the one you said of Dennis here that I think is really. I'm going to tell the point as well. I hope it opens works up. Level of tension. Tension means that we're going to keep a certain amount of pressure on. It has to be appropriate. If we get overbearing, browbeating, mean, then we get too much tension in the church and we get people rebelling against it. We get rebel trailing. We get people, it brings a sense of depression in. And it's unedified. <laughs> and people can't operate for God when they're in an unedified state spiritually. But if there's too little tension, then there's just no motivation. The motivation dribbles away, even though they may have seen the vision at one point, it's not it's not maintained. So we find that we have to continue to drive the issue with our people and be somewhat of a driver, particularly in the early phases of something like this, a change, a major change. And this is the pretty scary part. We're emphasizing the frustration that people feel that, man, this is hard. I, you know, I can't do this. And we're emphasizing that. And causing the whole church to feel frustrated. It's clearly a dangerous situation. It's unstable. This kind of tension can create anger. And the leadership needs to put on their helmets and get ready. I know our attitude was if, if people don't like what we're saying here and, and want to react to it and get angry, we're ready to fight that out. And if they leave the church, then goodbye. Hmm. Because we would rather see our church decline but get back on the track that we believe God wants us to be on. And we're not going to accept any compromise on this point. I was a spokesman at our first meeting, and I told people, I said, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, my God, here we go again, and this is corny, and I can't believe Dennis is making people stand up and all this other stuff, and poo-pooing the idea of what we're talking about, I told them, you are in sin. You better repent. And frankly, if Wow. I think that spells it out right there. Uh, Dennis isn't about spiritual formation or edification. Uh, he's about driving... He's about making people into a spiritual, uh, spiritual factory, in which all your your rough edges come off, regardless of what it costs you. And if it happens to be your personal weaknesses, relating to struggles like with mental illness and depression and and struggles like that, then so be it. Uh, you you need to get with the plan or get out. I mean that's uh, that's what Xenos really is. It's a it's a ugly reality but it's the dimension that we've we've needed to explore uh this 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 almost hours long so um 
So uh, I think you were going to say something, uh, Joe. Uh, it's something I I keep interrupting with these clips, but <laughs> but uh, there's something oh, you, you say. Well, like you were saying, it's uh, it's not like go ahead and get out. It's you're in sin. You just said like if you're if you disagree with me, it's sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Right. What about the movie? Yeah. <laughs> the differences of opinion don't matter. You know, because uh, the, there's, there's only one opinion in Xenos that counts, right? Only one. That's right. And it's the Bible. I'm just kidding. It's not the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's so easy for, you know, leaders in Xenos to come from a pseudo intellectual angle saying, well, yes, at the beginning, Dennis clearly said you had to find a balance. Too much tension is bad, you know, but. It's so easy to say that, but I know from personal experience, when I was at my lowest, instead of any compassion or gentleness, um, the leaders wanted to push me out of it because I used to be uh, performing way better than I was at the time. Like I went from the good list to the bad list, you know, Um, and you know, I was severely depressed, panic attacks, you know, you know, all the things just failing at life. And, uh, you know, I told this to my discipler and, you know, and I had been talking with her, you know, about, um, you know, some like sin issues that I had and that I wanted to change, wanted to grow and whatnot. And then there's one conversation that was really hard for me. I had to go through like <laughs> multiple months of EMDR therapy over this one conversation to not just like break down and crying thinking of it. So I can talk about it calmly now. But um my discipler told me that I was saying all the right things to indicate that I wanted to follow God and wanted to repent. However, she did not see enough change. Um, uh, it wasn't quick enough or big enough. And so the only conclusion she could reach was that I was lying. And God. it broke my heart because, I mean, the thing is, if you're severely depressed, you move forward at the pace of a snail. And I was trying so hard and I thought I was growing. I still think I was growing, even it was depressed snail growth, of course. But, um, you know, and I'm also someone who mm, couldn't really lie to save my life and wear my emotion on my sleeve. Oh, my goodness. I have so much issue with tact. And that's its own other thing. But the fact that, and you know, she knew me for years. She's been discipling me for several years. And um that I don't even have the skill to like bluff that. I don't know. But just for her to be like, oh, she's concluding that I'm I'm lying because I'm not turning my life around quickly enough for her. Quickly enough. Yeah. You and didn't then, execute. Yeah. You didn't execute yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and and then I know like the Less than a week before I was kicked out, 
the senior leader in my former home church, when she was sitting down with me, she said, you know, you're acting like someone who was sexually abused. Maybe you should reconsider if your dad abused you sexually as a child. And, you know, it's something where, and, you know, in the previous year, there was stuff that had happened. um, But the fact is, like, she even recognized there are issues going on. There seem to be some underlying causes, like, because my sin issues were in a direct response to sexual, like, (laughs) abuse and me trying, you know, and being in denial about it and all that, you know, but the fact that like they even recognized that, but still less than a week later kicked me out. And I know when I was in my discipline meeting and I had, you know, communicated to everyone, like, you know, I agree that I sinned and, you know, I'm in a lot, I agree with the church's stance. That was wrong. I want to repent. You know, I really want to follow God. I want to, I want to be here. And I was told, I said, I was repenting but I wasn't really repenting and my heart hadn't changed and that I needed to hit rock bottom before my heart could change. And I said, I think I'm at rock bottom now. I'm really struggling and I need help. And I told, I know this isn't when we're discussing suicide, but I told some people I was suicidal and they were like, nope, you have to hit rock bottom first. That was their response to me being very depressed, panic attacked, being suicidal, that they wanted to shock me out of it because I wasn't able to perform. Like they recognized there was sexual abuse issues going on, but lo and behold that I got into consensual sexual sin, not even sex, but like with my boyfriend, I'm kicked out because, you know, I'm, I think it was probably a combination of the sexual sin and me no longer being a valuable worker because I was so depressed. Yeah. It's like an animal farm. They didn't want to put you out to pasture. They sold you to the, to the, to the glue factory. They wanted you gone. Wow. Yeah. That's and like, I, after I was kicked out, um, you know, I later went to a, a partial hospitalization program and something that's telling is that my uh, group counselor, she told me that I was number six or seven to come to her group from Xenos. She had only worked there for three months. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh my God. And I was number six or seven. And, and then like, that's when I started real, and I wanted to go back to Xenos, you know, at that point I was yeah. like, I'm, you know, I'm really working on like repenting. And I was trying to figure out how to grow spiritually from the church discipline. Cause they said it was meant to help me spiritually you know? Um, and then when I was there, it was like, wait, I shouldn't go back there. That's not good for me, you know? And, uh, yeah, even my counselor also had personal bad experience with Xenos as well. Um, like, or kind of indirectly, but anyway. Yeah. I I gotta say, man, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I'm glad you shared it. Um, And one of the reasons is because I think it's a absolutely perfect example of the arrogance that has flowed from the McCallum family down to every leader in that church. 
what does it take to make that sort of uncompromising assessment of somebody? Arrogance. It's just arrogant to think I can make that accurate and piercing of a judgment on somebody else's heart. And the Bible clearly says that the heart's a mystery to us. Like we don't even see our own hearts clearly. And that right. there's a whole group of leaders at Xenos that could are very confident that they can judge other people and assess other people's spirituality with great yeah. accuracy. And often they don't even have to know the person or even having having you know have met them. I mean, I, I have personally seen example after example, and I wish I wish I had time to tell detailed stories here, but you know, I've seen Martha, I've seen a number of people with the last name McCallum. And their disciples make very confident, piercing assessments of people they have never even met. Right. It's just right. arrogant. Arrogance, arrogance. Yep. Well, I'm mean, yeah. done. Sorry. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, it's not even just, you know, deciding what's on your heart. A lot of times they'll just decide whether or not you accepted Christ. Especially after you've either left or been kicked out, they'll just immediately start telling everybody, "Well, they never accepted Christ, so that's why they're gone." <laughs> yeah, I've been called a so-called brother after 18 years of dedicated work and giving. Yeah, that's the that's the way that they could do. They they completely demonize you. I mean, that's their position on the human condition. You're either with them or you're not. It's a black and white magical kind of thinking in a way uh you're either with them or satan and demons control you or you know your your flesh is where the demons get in and and here you are you're, you're trying to gain sympathy and you're not you're showing this false humility by by not showing enough progress i mean to me that that that's that's a, a, an indictment of just how morally bankrupt the entire leadership of all the way down really is and, and and when it comes to them uh, uh understanding people's hidden needs and struggles and then quantifying in such a way is that they and that they, they can tell other people verbally that way they can tell them how to treat people in this way or that way because they know so much they made themselves the third person of the god they made themselves the holy spirit if, they, if, they, if there's no much teaching they can teach all they want to about the holy spirit but they, in a sense, become the one who can see into all people's hearts. They can yeah. see it. Only they can see it. The churches can't. Zenos can. They know the mind of God better than anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and even like like Megan's you know story about you, you have to be rock and hit rock bottom. I've heard that countless times while I was in there. It's like yeah. these people need to hit rock bottom. It's like you're trying to force a prodigal son situation. Yeah, and that can't be forced, right? I mean, I mean, there's so much in the Bible about about treating people who struggle with compassion and love and care and concern. I can pull it out and quote it. I have in the past, and but that that's water off a duck's back with Zenos. They don't they, they don't understand what grace and love and care and bearing one another means. It's 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 just basic. ABC Christian Christian ABCs is loving other people as yourself, you know, treating them like you like you want, and, and that's not going on uh, yeah, unless, and, and, unless you're unless you're related to the McCallums, then you're in. 
you okay? Well, yeah, because it's it's more a popularity contest masquerading as a church than it is an actual church. Yeah. <laughs> they they right. get to decide who's popular, who's going to be in the club, who's, yeah, and <laughs> see a <you>, loser. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It really is it. So, well, folks, it's not an edifying way to, to uh, bring up what is obviously an ongoing, terrible, horrible situation. But there, there's no way to spin anything good out of this. Uh, I mean, they, they, there really isn't. You know, Xenos's continuation of this of this putative treatment of people who struggled certainly contributes to mental illness. Certainly exacerbates it, makes it worse. And, and I hear they just recently they they restarted another counseling center again. Is that what I is that what I heard uh, recently? Is yeah, that it was another one. Yeah, they're calling it a clinic now. It's apparently, you know, licensed, uh, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. They're hiring two, two clinical counselors, and mm-hmm. it'll be in Clintonville, okay. in addition to their pastoral counseling department. Right. So there's, how much... there's one Go thing ahead, that's important to point out about their pastoral counseling, because um, I, I was a um recipient of that service is that when you start uh they make you sign a waiver a paper that waives your right to privacy so mm-hmm. yeah counselor can say legally say recount whatever they feel to anybody in the church and it's legal uh, i didn't read and they do it what's that and they do it <laughs> Oh, they do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a church that lives to assess other people's spirituality. So, of course, they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. Go ahead, Joe. I I was just going to say there's no HIPAA in organic discipleship. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There is no HIPAA act in organic discipleship. You are absolutely right on that. That's a great one liner. Put that in a T-shirt. That's really right. good <laughs> because there's no the counseling relationships in in Xenos are in de- are inherently dangerous. They're not confidential, not compassionate, and they're definitely not private. Yep. Stuff we, that's said in one ear and it's supposed to stay in there it gets out the other and communicated to other people all the time. And you know, in, in I, I, I'm, I'm sure everybody that listens by now knows what organic discipleship is, but. For those who don't, that's that's basically Xenos's Book of Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> you have the best description of Xenos books. Yes. Well, it's good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I will not. Yeah, I'm sure Colin would would agree. I mean, he's, I mean, I'm sure you were teething on that growing up, and uh, all you guys were. I mean, everybody was. But I just want to say one confidentiality, um, and that is, I guess it wouldn't be a problem in a perfect world. But the problem is, is that um, when it comes down to it, at Xenos, they value the church itself over the individuals in it. So whenever somebody is viewed as a threat to the church. Um, you know that sort that sort of a um, sense of uh, well-being or trust is is gone because they they feel that they justified in doing whatever it takes to deal with your threat. 
Yeah. They try to strip away your individuality any way they can. Or like, you know, as I mean, they'll allow some differences to fit their mold, but on the smallest scale. And I probably have shared this before because it's just so ridiculous that I can't not share it. But like literally, oh, like I multiple conversations over the years, people trying to make me shave. Somehow they turned that into a spiritual issue that I don't shave. Um, and like the first time, I guess like, so the friend who brought me out, leaders like <laughs> made my friend talk to me and say, I should consider shaving because it would turn away outreach who came. Um, and I should consider letting go of my personal freedom for the sake of the gospel. And I mean, I was really mad. And my response was, well, I'd rather go to a group where someone felt comfortable to not shave and just was like, Ugh. and then yeah. later, maybe don't like my disciple asked me to stop wearing um, sleeveless shirts because when I would raise my arm to answer questions at home church, I was distracting to the men because my armpit hair, no one's spiritual enough to handle that. Right. It's not the gospel that's being offended. It's, it's, it's their own aesthetic. You know, yeah. they think women should look this way and when they don't, Oh my God, we, we've got a Jezebel amongst yeah. us here. You know, it's, it's, ridiculous. it's just so stupid. Um, the fact that like something so nitpicky and so like so far from being ethical, like your shaving habits, like how you can relate that to the Bible and your spirituality. I mean, that's a controlling group if they're going to go that low. And I like bringing it up because it's such a silly example that just shows how controlling they are and how is that good for anyone's mental health you can't even like shave when you want to right you know well, i, I, I think the people who have body issues or struggles with their with their weight or their or how they look are mm -hmm. people who struggle what does that say to them if, if you gotta look that way what other implications does it have? Oh, if you're overweight, especially if you're a woman, you can have some grace with being overweight if you're a man, by the way. But if you're a woman, um, like they won't raise women to leadership who are overweight. And it's because, well, clearly you lack the ability to have any sort of like discipline in your life. Why would anyone expect you as a leader if you can't even maintain your physical health yeah. that's literally their line yeah. and there's yeah. so much shaming yeah it's not an exaggeration yeah. I've, I've i've heard that several times in fact the i remember the first time i heard that something like that was i was a leader in training and an older um well older for a college kid an older lady in our home group gave a teaching and she was you know kind of overweight and our, our senior leader uh, later, he asked me the first thing he asked me, it wasn't like, how good was her teaching? Uh, it was, did she look at up there? Fuck. <laughs> I know, so bad. That's I, wicked. I, I thought that it wasn't first, I was like, uh, that's yeah. wicked. It really is. And that's that's okay we change, all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, because we care about discipline and health and all of that, you know, so we're very consistent with their values, of course. Yeah. 
That's sarcasm in case someone didn't catch it. Chain smoking is like rampant in Xenos. I don't know why. It's so weird. You know, I seem to recall there's a, a few verses in the Bible about um, what uh, the Apostle Paul thinks about those who choose to push the envelope in terms of a liberty they supposedly have to do as they want around others who probably are going to be far more impacted by what they do than they might want to otherwise admit. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, he says, Beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. And you can go on and read the rest of that in, in 1 Corinthians 8 through verse 9. But it concludes in verse 13. If food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Now, what this is a reference to is simply a very simple fact. Is that if you choose to not, and we're not talking about me, we're talking about anything. It's a principle here. If we do anything that makes a brother or sister or, or friend uh, struggle with something, a weakness within them, then it just, it just makes sense. It's civil. It's just decent to not do it around them. In other words, if you have somebody who struggles with alcohol, who may be a budding alcoholic, who's learning to take alcohol is the only way to, to get through the day. Uh, and if, we, if we supposedly who know how to drink and hold our liquor that much better, if we see somebody struggling with that, then the principle is quite clear. We don't drink in front of other people. We don't smoke other people. We don't do these things before people who, for this, it's become a snare. It's because something that's going to tear them down. It's something that's going to lead them on to deeper uh, depths uh, in terms of where they're going to be bound or caught up or stumbling over something. Uh, you can you can you know, smoke all you want to, but that's going to lead on to other kinds of smoking that actually can then just it's just a hop, skip and jump away from drug use. You can drink all you want. And finally, you can you can say, yeah, I can, I can hold my liquor, as I've said. But but some people can't. Some people end up getting involved with it more and more to the point there where smoking and drinking becomes effectively uh, what we call, what's known as substance abuse. It leads them into areas that will cause them issues. It will contribute also to whatever struggles of mental illness they may be having, any personal problems, any any depressions. Any any sort of issues that they may be having, these things will force them into 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 relying upon these things, as opposed to getting help for them. So I seem to recall the Bible mentioning about not doing anything that makes my brother stumble. So therefore, the whole drinking and smoking, the whole culture of Zenoth that devotes itself to that, is purely and completely wrong and and misguided entirely by what this Bible here says. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that the church has stock in R.J. Reynolds. It's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, Megan, to your point about uh, how women, you know, get more pressure that way. The very first home church I went to, a guy was teaching, and he was wearing this really short, cut-off jean, and one of his testicles were hanging out. Teaching. Right, that and nobody said anything. But you know, you get some lady up there who's a little overweight, and the leaders go a little. They're very concerned. Forget about visible testicles. 
Oh my God. <laughs> well, I'd rather see too much Tidy Whitey's than that, but that's just me. If I have to have a preference, <laughs> I, I wish the Tidy Whitey's were there. I wish. Dang. <laughs> I, I mean, too. they gave me so much crap for not wearing a bra. And men can just show their testicles. That is not, I don't even show my nipples. I just don't wear, I don't like bras. Okay, well, that's your choice. Again, <laughs> that's, we're, we're talking about choice, though, and, and autonomy, people being free to be themselves. And, and this church is not so edgy that it doesn't have its own individual rules that you got to comply, comply by. I mean, uh, that's just, it just, and when, when people are in a, in a system where there's nothing but rules to live by, rules to go by, and then uh, they're struggling with things within with with memories and past that keep them preoccupied or maybe not as on top of things uh they're obviously going to get labeled just as you were for not fitting in with the with, with the way things should be and, and that's and that's really what we've been talking mental illness is 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 characterized through people who find it hard to 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 interact or deal with their, with with life as it comes at them. And in a place like Xenos, you can't do that. That can't be allowed. It has to be explained in only one way, and that's is you're a, you're a loser. Uh, you're an apostate. You're, you're you're this horrible heretic. You can any kind of any kind of uh, theological term you can throw at it. Uh, I mean, Megan, your your choices are clearly clearly ungodly. They certainly not in the Bible. Uh, and of course, I don't know too many verses which speak. I bet Mary, I bet uh, Mother Mary, I bet she didn't shave. You know, I, 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 that's just my, she probably did not. You know, yeah, Jesus, I'm I, gonna brought that up. I, 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 think think life, you know, I think Jesus probably had probably had a body over. I mean, who knows? He was a man like anybody else. You know, there wasn't no, no old spice back then. Uh, but 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 you can't have that in, in a place like Zion. It's like I have an ideal. To live by well dennis says that autonomy is a sin yeah yeah anything that's different it's like oh da, 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 or it's like they're going to put you down spiritually for it like yeah. when they finally accepted that i was vegan there was all of the oh weaker christian who doesn't eat meat Oh, we must accept the weak Christian of Megan because she cares about animals. Like, all right, sure. Make that a reason why my faith isn't as strong as yours because I don't eat meat. Okay. Because obviously you're supposed to eat Gumby's pizza and ranch dressing. <laughs> Gumby's pizza. Wow. That's a Xenos joke, and, and we all understand. Okay, I'm glad you no, I've never not. heard of Gumby's pizza, but it sounds really gross. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> Hellbox pizza, then. How about that? Wow. I mean, let's let's point out that it's actually taught as doctrine that if you if you don't drink, it's because of spiritual weakness. Yeah. 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 The spiritually strong will just drink those out of a paper bag. But <laughs> was was that a a joke or something you've actually heard, Joe? No, oh, it's it's uh there's verses that kind of mentioned something like that if you twist it just enough yeah that's what you get yeah yeah i mean the, the reason that you can drink in xenos is because of spiritual maturity mm -hmm. to the pure all things are pure that includes yeah. bongs and and uh and 20 ounces you know 
Yeah. That's the way it is. I mean, you, you're going to show your liberty in Christ by by balancing uh, your Chianti with you or Chianti, whatever they call it. I haven't drank in years, so I don't remember. But uh, that's how it works. It's called the freedom in Christ, which includes smoking. Yep. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's just part of this culture that just will not relentlessly stop for for the wounded at all and you know, i know we've been having some fun here and all that but it's, it's been a grim evening i know but 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 that's what, we, what we're focusing on xenos is a cult because of how it treats its wounded you know it's, it's said that the church often shoots its own wounded but xenos they they go a little further than that they they they, they not only uh execute them uh, they pretend they never existed and, and they and completely dismiss them of uh, uh, the, the frame of reference within them. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a ghastly thing. And it's part of the and reason then why. It, they walked away from God. They didn't want to follow God anymore. That's why they aren't here. But I mean, yeah, yeah, the way to have a great church that's moving forward is to get rid of everyone who's like a problem somehow. Right. And that's really the Xenos method. Like, that's how Right. there's so much right. movement. And just and then, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Jessica. But they also prey on that population. They prey oh. on vulnerable people and then get upset when they don't function the way they want them to. Yeah. Because these vulnerable people come to church thinking they're going to be loved. They're going to be accepted. They're going to be cared for. They believe there's going to be room made for them at the table. Mm -hmm. And when the, when they're love bombed for two three weeks in a row, of course they're going to be made to feel like, yeah, I finally found refuge. And it's just just the ultimate ultimate uh, lie uh, of how cults work and how a place like Xenos operates. It, it, it exploits people who are struggling, trying to find a place to fit in, who there who will be accepted, and that acceptance runs out pretty quickly, doesn't it? The honeymoon ends real fast for those who get involved. And uh, and then and then all all of uh, purgatory <laughs> breaks loose uh, after that. So it's uh, not a pretty picture, but it's the reality that people need to be aware of in the Xenosphere. After such a heavy conversation tonight, I just want to remind anybody who is watching or listening that you are loved and you are worthy of that love. That's not based around your performance. It's not conditioned based on your moods, your elation, or your depression. It's a unchangeable love that is inherent to who you are. And you deserve ruthless compassion. And I hope that you will treat yourself with such compassion. We believe you. And there is no moral failure to any mental health diagnosis. There is hope and there is healing. Healing doesn't happen all at once. Healing is a bunch of tiny little steps, one after another, that you approach with kindness and curiosity, not shame. And if you are struggling, I am begging you to reach out. We are not meant to suffer in silence or solitude. If you are looking for resources, 
a great starting point is the leavingdwell.com website. There is a resources tab and under that you will find all kinds of stuff including counseling, um, counselors, counseling, a counseling list and support groups and there are educational um, books and websites um, and I believe there are even um, housing and financial resources um, listed on that page as well. So that's a great place to start, um, especially if you're looking to find a trauma-informed therapist. Um, everybody who is on that list has been seen or um, used by someone who has experienced um, a mental health diagnosis or has been involved um, in Xenos and Dwell and dealt with the trauma um, in the af aftermath of that. Um, so they all come recommended. Um, and then if you are struggling with any suicidal thoughts or feelings, please reach out to the suicide hotline, um, which is now the three digit dialing code 988, which you can call or text at any time 24 seven. Um, and I look forward to continuing this conversation um, as we collectively move forward towards healing um, as a community. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light.